0: It's a beautiful, sunny, but cold Wednesday here in uh, Minnesota. Uh, We greet you and uh, we're going to continue our series on the 12 steps, Randy.
1: Well, and we have worked our way, Mark, up to step number four. I've been happy to see the response that we're getting. We've got uh, a lot of listeners out there who are uh, coming to, I think, a a new understanding of the power and benefit of, of following the 12 steps.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, We're building on the first three steps, and just as a reminder for those of you that might be coming to this one uh, without having heard the earlier ones, step one, we admitted we were powerless over whatever addiction we have, including lust, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, uh, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him, and number four now today, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. There you go. So, I was just thinking this morning uh, that uh, the one scripture verse that we always think of in the Christian community when we think of uh, the fourth step is uh, James 5.16, which says roughly, is anyone among you sick? Uh, Let him gather the elders and confess your sins one to another uh, so that you might be healed. So that's not a bad place to to remember that uh, this step is really uh, about confession. And uh, it's about finding a spiritual authority at some point to do that with. And it's for the purpose of uh, deeper healing because so many of us have been carrying our uh, history for the most part or the bad parts in secret and that secret has
1: been uh, literally killing us so and that sharing the these uh, these sinful acts with others uh, is kind of a purging of your soul a bit
0: that 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 I think is right Uh, I think the first thing we need to understand when we think of this step is the word that's used here is inventory and when I think of inventory it's uh it's a memory of all the the negatives, you know that's and we'll, we'll kind of try to define some of the categories there here in a, in a bit. Uh, but an inventory is also about the the pluses and the negatives uh, or the positives and the negatives. So I think really, when we remember this step, we should also remember to make a searching and fearless list not only of all of our negative behaviors, our sinful behaviors but also some of the things about us that are, in fact, uh, uh, good things.
1: Well, it sounds like the traditional splitting the page down the middle yeah. uh, with the pros yeah. and the cons uh, of the, uh, the, the shameful uh, negative things I've done mm-hmm. uh, and the positive things, because uh, yeah. no one is all one or the other. No one is all evil or all good. Right. That would be
0: too black and white. I think we also remember that we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God and we also remember with this step that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So, I know we have both husbands and wives listening, so mm-hmm. therefore we have you know men primarily who are struggling with addiction and we have wives who are coping with that and trying to deal with that and you know at some point trying to live with that or forgiving that or whatever. And uh also we have a vision here for all of our couples that they will grow up and transform into the companions that God always intended for them to be. And so I'd just like to not challenge but remind the wives at some point uh, that this step is for you too. Don't try to compare apples to oranges. It's not like we're, we're suggesting that you have your own sexual sins or anything like that. We're just um, suggesting that maybe you have things uh, that would be part of a moral inventory for you. Uh, that are regrets that you have, or uh, negative, uh, sinful behaviors that you have, and the more you're able to own that, even as even if your perception is it's so much uh, less serious than my husband's junk, and and you you are probably right, but nevertheless, uh, if we're going to become companions, uh, we both got to get to a place where we uh, mutually accept our. Uh,
1: Shortcomings. Well, it's hard to imagine healing actually taking place unless both the husband and the wife are willing to take a serious and honest look at their own life yeah. uh, and realize that, uh, as you pointed out, we're all sinners. None of us are perfect. And healing can only begin when we realize that, you know, uh, I am. You know, I'm the last to throw the the, the first stone because right. I'm I'm imperfect. I'm a sinner, and uh, I need God's forgiveness as well. So uh, I, you're bringing up John, chapter eight there. Yeah,
0: the woman caught caught in adultery, and yes, you're right that you know Jesus said the most remarkable thing. You know, any of you who are without sin, cast the first stone. So uh, that's not a bad place to jump off here too. Uh, but the first thing I think to think about uh, in our situations is the husbands need to make a fearless inventory of their sexual history, mm-hmm. and uh, that's in this step uh, for the husbands working any kind of a step twelve a step program. They need to have a timeline of all of their sexual history, their sexual lives uh, from birth to the present. When I say timeline, uh, I basic <coughs> excuse me basically mean just bullet points about the various events of your life, going back even to preschool days, not so much that there might be intentional things there, but that part of your moral inventory, it could also be things that happened to you. So, and then what we're going to do with that is uh, what we call here, and we've talked about this so often, a full disclosure uh, to the wives. And uh, basically, one of the things I'm thinking here is that with any of the steps, we don't just work them one time, you know. And uh, doing a full disclosure with a spouse is, in fact, a form of the fourth step, which is incredibly important for the addict to get all of the secret history uh, out in the open, whereas James says we, we might be healed. And also, we might eventually heal our relationship.
1: Well, that very concept, Mark, is a big part of our Men of Valor workshop. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, we had a great group of guys from Mm -hmm. across the country that uh, were here at our center. I believe we had a group of 28 uh, Mm -hmm. representing a lot of different states. And that's one of the things that when they arrive, I don't think they fully grasp grasp nor understand uh, the importance of that procedure that you have them do with uh, doing a chronological sexual history of their life and the impact that it has mm-hmm. uh, on, mm-hmm. on their actions. Mentioning full disclosure, for the listeners that have not been through full disclosure, tell us once again the, the, the importance of, of that uh, procedure.
0: Well, it, uh, the important thing is that uh, we're going to clear up the reality and um, I think in a lot of cases the sanity of the spouse who has been suspecting stuff, intuiting stuff, but she doesn't know the truth or the details of the truth. And so we're going to kind of clear up her reality by telling her all the things that we've done. And we don't want this to be based on questions that she's asked. We want this to be a proactive thing where the husbands are listing all of their coming clean s- their sexual history and it's coming clean. It's Confessing really, to the spouse, and uh, I think it's the most important step in the cornerstone of the foundation of building trust back in their
1: relationship sure, because once she knows his whole history uh, in his own words th- then that probably answers a lot of the questions that were mm-hmm. probably keeping her awake at night
0: well, we hope it does uh there's uh, obviously some of the wives that uh, Given their trust levels, uh, wonder whether even in a full disclosure, the husband has disclosed everything. But we ask them to, again, in their intuition, which we think uh, intuition is based on um, accepting uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, um, does it sound like, seem like, appear like uh, he's telling the truth at this point to the best of his ability? You know, we've we've done, I think, uh, have we not, a whole show on uh,
1: Full Disclosure. Yes, we have. But I just thought, like you had mentioned earlier, if we have a listener who is hearing us for the first time today, Mm -hmm. is hearing the podcast out of order or whatever, they might not realize that we dedicated an entire show to Full Disclosure. But it's always amazing to see a couple come in here, you know, as torn and uh, shattered as their relationship uh, is when they first come in. And then mm-hmm. uh, watching the progress, watching the transformation that takes place after they have experienced uh, full disclosure, there is um, there seems to be a peace between them. Well, as, as,
0: yeah, as long as you recognize that that peace may be somewhat delayed. I mean, oh, yeah, uh,
1: delayed and painful in the delivery. That's for sure. Well,
0: depending on you know whether the uh, husband is, is disclosing a whole lot of new information. Sometimes that's the case, sometimes it isn't. And if there's particular forms of acting out that the wife is not known about, that can be uh, very painful at the time. And uh, we hope, though, that eventually, you know, over the months to come, uh, that it will become more peaceful between the two of them as they recognize that they are living in truth now. They're not living in the shadow of all the lies. Um, But as long as you're talking about this, how would they find a show, like I know we've done, on the whole issue of Full Disclosure.
1: Well, if you go to our website, faithfulandtrue.com, and you can either find it by clicking on the banner image. There's five different images that rotate on the home page. One of them is dedicated to this show that you're listening to right now. If you click on that banner, it's going to bring you to the whole uh, show page. The other is by going to Resources, and under Click on Resources, you'll see the Men of Valor program. When you click on that, it's going to bring you to our whole show page and mm-hmm. if you you can scroll uh, I was taking a look today because we are on show 283 today really 283 podcasts for you to be able to listen to now there's some encore presentations there uh, that's a necessity of uh either or schedule schedules or, or traveling or uh, health yeah. right right health issues and travel mm-hmm. uh, so uh, sometimes we are we don't want to skip a week for you we we want to bring hope and direction every week so that's why we uh, take the time to post mm-hmm. uh, a previous show where uh, it was an impactful message that we got good feedback on. But at any rate, if you scroll through the shows, you'll see it labeled full disclosure. Right. And so it's easy, quite easy to find just by scrolling through mm-hmm. uh, the whole library of podcasts. Uh, with this in mind at the moment, let's take our break right mm-hmm. now, Mark. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk some more about this fourth step in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're talking about uh, searching... And making a fearless moral inventory of ourselves and you are listening to dr mark laser and this is the men of valor program I won't let this pull me god keep my at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week.
0: Trigger of the Week, Randy, is a little bit unusual one. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. They're all kind of different in their own way. But uh, for me this week, the Trigger was uh, watching the Australian Open. And actually, Debbie was the one that pointed out to me because she had watched a couple of matches before I got to it. And that was she was just commenting on how much uh, shorter, skimpier, whatever the uh, women's... uh, Apparel. Apparel, yeah. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you... I don't think you call them skirts anymore. No. They're They're certainly not skirts. No. Or they're not pants. They are some form of... uh, Hybrid. uh, I don't know, shorts. Sometimes they have kind of a little mini skirt that kind of covers that, unless, of course, they're bending over to pick up a ball or something like that. So uh, I don't know. Again, if you remember our definition of pornography, you know, any image or stimulus or whatever that creates feelings of sexual arousal
1: what i thought was interesting that debbie took the time to share that yeah. trigger because as a wife uh you know a lot of times we are trying to think of of effective uh triggers to talk about on the show just so that our our predominantly male audience uh, can be on the lookout and, and be on their toes to to uh, have their eyes. Uh, wide open to the temptations that can come out of nowhere but here was debbie uh as a wife saying that she was triggered not sexually triggered right but like emotionally triggered that this kind of imagery was visibly on display you know for anyone to be swayed by to be tempted by so uh you know, I'm sure that there are other wives out there who are seeing things on television, seeing things in movies, seeing things on the street in everyday life. That go, wow, that uh, that itself is bound to be yeah. a trigger for my husband.
0: Yeah, that's right. So Debbie wasn't warning me not to watch it. In our case, I think she was. Just, we were just having one of those cultural conversations about, you know, where our culture has come and where the culture of tennis has come. And uh, I'm, an I'm a, in more ways than one, an old tennis player, you know, and I go back to the days when women wore, <laughs> you know, skirts basically down to their knees. And that was an advance over
1: wearing pants or whatever else they used to have to wear.
0: So anyway, I think we should leave that one for the moment. And just, well,
1: let's move on from tennis back to today's topic, which is uh, step number four in the 12 steps right. of AA.
0: So we basically have already covered the fact that uh, a fourth step should include your entire Sexual history from birth to the present. Uh, But, you know, let's face it, you know, sexual sins are not your only form of sins. So it's kind of looking at your entire life. And uh, I think one of the things to focus on is uh, some of the lies you've told over the years. You know, uh, one of the questions in the fourth step would be when did I learn to lie and why did I lie? What was the purpose of it? Uh, And uh, some of the major lies over the years that I've told, not just about my sexual history, but about other aspects of my life, because i'm i 'm afraid, according to the core belief, that if you really knew me, you would hate me and leave me so uh, that it 's getting all of that down. One of the important categories that I wanted to mention today that I think is uh, really a huge part of the four step is to make an inventory and this is about an inventory of all the uh, angers and resentments that you still have. Uh, we were talking about this last night in the Tuesday night group. And uh, several of the men uh, were not as aware as they, they need to be of how angry over the years they've been. Uh, their wives have mentioned it, uh, you know, how they look angry, they sound angry. Maybe in some cases they get somewhat verbally, if, if in, in some rare instances, physically abusive. But I do think that uh, some of this anger is really, really old, and it goes back to events in childhood And uh, one of the things that I think is really important is to uh, make an inventory of all the anger and the resentment that you have, so that eventually, in the fifth step, when we get to that next week, you're going to be able to confess that. But more than that, you accept the fact that there needs to be healing around whatever pain created this anger in the first place. So uh, that's part of the moral inventory. So in other words, we're going to make a list of all of our sinful behaviors, the lying stuff the anger, the resentment, and all of that. But then, you know, before we close our show today, I did want to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, everyone's life is an ampersand. And, you know, while we've done all these horrendous things, also we've done some great things. Uh, One of the things that I think is a part of the healing journey for every addict, for sure, is to go back, even though they've perhaps in many of their cases uh, just been discovered for all the sexual acting out stuff, And it sometimes causes both the husband and the wife uh, to wonder what was real. You know, Debbie has often said that she thought that uh, we had a good marriage, that we had a great family, that there was many uh, good things that we did. And I think eventually I was able to go back and say, well, you know, with all of the lies, with all of the the sinful sexual behavior, uh, there were moments when I was, in fact, a good and attentive husband. There were things that I did to serve Debbie. There were lots of times when I was a good father and did some great things for the kids. Uh, there were some times even in my counseling practice and my ministry where I served uh, in, in good capacities to help people understand uh, uh, the truth of a relationship with Christ. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that even through my preaching, I brought some uh, people to a deeper faith of the Lord. So, you know, while at the same time I was doing all of this crazy stuff, uh, I was also doing some good stuff. And I think the, the, the four step reminds us that life is an ampersand and we can go back and look at our history. We can do some sorting. And basically, uh, uh, Debbie and I have gotten a little hooked lately on this new show on uh, Netflix uh, called uh, Tidying Up, I think, mm-hmm. with this uh, Japanese woman. And uh, one of the things she does is she goes into homes where there's huge messes and she basically says you can keep the things that give you joy, clothes, books, you know, other kinds of articles of uh, various things in your home, and anything in your home that doesn't give you joy, then you get rid of it. Get rid of it, sure. And I was listening to a news report yesterday that the various places that accept clothing and other things like goodwill, you know, they're being inundated uh, uh-huh. because of this show <laughs> with people getting rid of junk. So in a way, that's what the fourth step is about. It's about sorting the, the bad from the good and uh, remembering some of the things in the past that in fact give us joy. So now this may be, you know, several months down the road, but nevertheless, I think it is an important part of working this step.
1: Well it's interesting that shows like that can can motivate people to take action right. to to do things like this right. because you know in a perfect world it, it seems that uh there's been some unique and effective timing in the launch of this show being launched in January of a brand new year when everybody is making these new year's resolutions yeah. you know and here's someone to help you with uh with that area of your life now has that left you to take a look at, at at your situation around the house? Well, Debbie read this woman's
0: book uh, months ago, and I remember a sorting out experience where uh, she told me she was uh, going to go after this based on this book, and and systematically we did go through my closet, and she would bring up sweaters and shirts and pants, and she would hold them up, and she would say, "Does this? When you look at this, does, <laughs> does this, this give bring- you joy?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> or not, and and you'd say time out. Let me try them on to see if they still fit. Well, that was part of it, but uh, <laughs> you know, as, as we all know, I've you know
0: I've gone up and down in weight over the years, and you know with cancer this and that. But uh, yeah, it was amazing to me how many of the articles didn't give me joy. I no. mean, I, I I recognize that I haven't worn them in forever, so you know, uh, but they were decent uh, sweaters or shirts or whatever they were. So why not give them to somebody else who uh, they might bring joy to?
1: Absolutely. It, it's, oh. a, it's a win-win situation, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So we're sorting out our memories here is what I'm saying. And there are memories that obviously give us joy, and we don't have to discount those. And there are memories that give us pain and shame, and those are the ones that we need to put on our, our moral inventories such that we can confess them.
1: Well, let's give our listeners an assignment as we go into this week and before next week's show then. What would you like to do with step number four in giving some advice yeah. to our listeners?
0: Well, I challenge all the listeners to make this list. You know. Actually write it down on paper. One of the things that I've seen over the years is that there's, a, there's a direction here in the Twin Cities, at least I know, where uh, some of the 12-step programs tend to get stuck on this step. Uh, I've seen guys that tell me, based on the advice of their group or their sponsor, that they've actually spent months on trying to create this fourth step. And I would say that's way too long. Uh, I think through the power of the Holy Spirit, you could sit down today and make the list and, and uh, not necessarily be done with it because we might always be adding things. But let's not dwell too long on all of this. You know, We're going to get to step five, which we'll talk about next week. So anyway, I, I guess my final word, don't get stuck. Uh, just rehearsing the past, Uh, but let's move on because that's the purpose of all these steps is to move on and uh, get to uh, more direct healing.
1: You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We thank you again for joining us this week. We hope that the coming week will be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and great vision.